Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. And I'm so happy to introduce to you right now State Senator Marty Harbin. And when I first met him, we were at a prayer meeting. We were marching around the Georgia Capitol seven times. Seven times. Prayer meeting back in, see, January, like, I don't remember, January 2 or something of 20, what was that? I can't remember what year it was, 2021, I think maybe it was. And, uh, and, and then I discovered, Senator Harbin, I discovered that you had not only read a certain book, but am I correct? You had led a Bible study of a certain book. What is that book? Um, that, that, that book, we, uh, is uh, interesting. We taught it to a uh, multi-generational Sunday school class, and Well-Versed is the name of the book. And so uh, each Sunday, we would uh, show your, your video, and then we would take up the subject matter. And uh, it was, that was before I had ever met you. So that was a, a pretty neat uh, process. That, that was really meaningful to me as an author. On top of that, you, uh, I, I'm an old farmer originally from Kansas. I live, of course, San Diego, California now. I live in the city most of my life, but up until age 21, I was a farmer. And uh, you run some cattle, if I'm not mistaken. You've got some land, some cattle, and, and an insurance agency. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, six children, all married, and 10 grandchildren with the number 11 on the way. Whoa, way to go, man. You and I are about the same number for grandchildren. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah, I am, my 11th is coming uh, in just uh, a few days now. So way to go. October 15th. So we'll, we're, we'll oh, see my. who does it first. My, ours is supposed to be October 24th. So you may beat me. You'll be a little, <laughs> a little ahead of me. Way to go. We'll compare notes on that one. Well, Senator, I'm so appreciative of you coming on. We want to pray for the for the state of Georgia in the upcoming election. Can you give us an overview, a lay of the land of Georgia? Help us understand Georgia. So, Because listening to this is a bunch of prayer people. And we're serious about praying for your state. We love your state. We care for your state. And you are a wonderful representative of your state. We're very proud of. Talk to us about Georgia. Well, Georgia Georgia's trying to, has been in the limelight since 2020. You can imagine all that's going on there, uh, whether it be elections. We as a state have uh, uh, have two major battles going on elect, uh, from an election standpoint, uh, Stacey Abrams uh, and um, Brian Kemp. Uh, and very wide differences between the two, if you look at the two candidates. Uh, Brian Kemp was responsible for our heartbeat bill. If you're aware of um, that, that was a major, major bill. Very different from a lot of others is that what we did, we gave the baby in the womb, we gave that baby uh, a personhood. And there were tax breaks and benefits that went to really address the issues. And of course, since Roe v. Wade uh, has been overturned back to the states, that bill has really come into play and is really a threat uh, to those who would rather abort babies than have them. And um, Governor Kemp was very, very involved in that process and helping us get that bill through. This is a quote that came from Stacey Abrams, which I thought was very interesting. It says, there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to control 
to uh, take control of a woman's body. And uh, she's done some other comments that she was raised in the church and that abortion was not wrong. But yet I see it as it's the killing uh, of, of the innocent, if you will. And I wonder if some, to some degree, uh, our world has not become like um, Molak where they were sacrificing children uh, from that standpoint. The, the other part that it's really brought on in a, in, in a positive sense is we are seeing uh, a real move for adoption, that adoption is an option. And that's something uh, I'll just share this. I challenged a pastor uh, in their congregation to uh, dedicate money for adoption. And this one church um, uh, committed $100,000 to help families adopt babies. And I believe this is that if we're going to say we're going to do that, we need to, we need to live up to that. Uh, you look at Georgia. Georgia is the number one state to do business in for seven consecutive years. Uh, we continue to grow in, in um, business. Uh, we had a $4 billion surplus, and Brian Kemp has done a great job in keeping the state open, especially under the COVID uh, limitations that were there. Uh, and he pushed back against the establishment of keeping Georgia open and believing that the citizens of Georgia were better qualified to deal with those issues than the government. So I'm very, very appreciative to uh, Governor Kemp and um, the situations of keeping Georgia open and also fighting for the life of the unborn. Um, of course, uh, Stacey Abrams has been, uh, she is for abortion, that it's the right, that it's a woman's reproductive rights, if you will. Uh, she has fought against that, said that that's uh, uh, you know, a major, major portion of her campaign and what's gone on and uh, more really government issues. Um, the two differences between the two are very broad. Um, Brian, great family man, does a great job as far as that portion, good businessman. And just as really, how do I say, govern the state in a limited, as limited as he could, uh, given the circumstances. And we are seeing that now that um, the state of Georgia is just blossoming uh, from that standpoint. Uh, the second race, probably that's a major race, is between um, Warnock and Herschel Walker. And to, again, the two candidates are very far apart on the issues, uh, the life issue. Uh, from that standpoint, uh, is there. I think where this election will fall, um, uh, as you're aware, where the, uh, uh, we passed uh, what was called SB 202, which was an election integrity bill. And that bill helped, not as far as I would like, but it went a long way in working on some of the issues of our elections. Uh, and that was passed and signed by our governor and I, it, we want to make it hard to cheat and easy to vote is really the, 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 the theme of what we want to do there is that we want people who are legal. We want them to vote, but we also want accountability. Uh, I think I mentioned to you, um, uh, I, I like the, the saying that Ronald Reagan said, he says, trust, but verify. And I believe that we need to instill trust in our uh, elections, that our people can trust that their vote counts, that every vote counts every legal vote counts. And that means we have to have accountability. Um, I worked and it did not get through this last time we're gonna work on is, uh, you know, the question of absentee ballots has been one that's been in multiple states. Uh, I had a bill that would serialize all absentee ballots and I plan to move that through the Senate again. I believe this is that if we're gonna have absentee ballots that once they're taken out of an envelope, we can't track, 
we, we at least ought to know how many are there. Uh, we, we, we serialize our lottery tickets. We serialize our Braves baseball tickets. We serialize our Georgia football tickets. We need accountability so that the voters are confident in, the, in their vote and they can trust their vote. Uh, I see this, uh, you look at some of the social issues we're dealing with. Um, we're, you're dealing with uh, saving girls sports. We're having where girls are in, girls are in boys sports. We were able to get that through uh, from that standpoint. And that helped, uh, was a major part here in Georgia, very well received because I found that many of even um, those on the liberal side believed that it was wrong for a young man to, uh, to be in girls sports. So that went through in the last uh, session. So it's what I see bringing us together is this is common sense and family values. I believe that's gonna be the real part that drives us. And I believe what will drive us are the independent voters. Those that are not of one party or another, but those that are in the middle watching what's happening. And right now Georgians are doing well economically. They're moving forth. Uh, and I think that's the part that you've got to look at is the governance and also the issue for life. Uh, if, if we don't fight for those and fight for the unborn, who will? And it's interesting in Proverbs 31, it says we're to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I think that more than anything is, is, the, is the life of the unborn. Now, Senator Ralph Warnock was just elected what, a year or so ago. Uh, he's a, a pastor who supports the dismembering, uh, dismembering and murdering of babies in the womb. Yes, sir. And that's, that's, that's just so contrary. When you look at, uh, if I look at the Bible, I look at Moses, that was what the Kings desired to do was to kill the babies. When Jesus was born, it was to kill the babies. And there seems to be a real battle uh, spiritually, both biblically and currently to kill the unborn. And, and I think that's the part that I see our real issue. If we want to be, if we, if we're, how do I say honest about it? It's not just the killing of babies. It is the immorality that is running rampant within our society. And if anything, we need to pray for. We need to pray for a revival of God's people, first of all, but also for a revival and a fear of God. Um, if, if the fear of the Lord begin, is the beginning of wisdom, we really need that within our culture. And that is one of the things we are missing today. Um, I'm, I'm re reminded of this is Alexis de Tocqueville, where, what he said when he came to America, he says America is great because America is good. And when America ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And he said it was not until he heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did he understand that. And I think our, 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 if we look at even some of our denominations that can't make a decision on the issues of homosexuality and transgenderism, those things, I see that as a major, major move that culturally we've got to address from the church. Do you sense among voters in your state, you alluded to this about three paragraphs back, but I'd like you to embellish on it more if you would. Uh, I, um, let's say the, the typical independent voter, or let's say uh, someone who may identify with a liberal party, but they, they have inherently a number of conservative values. Do you sense within that type of voter a question mark in their mind of where we are as a country, a concern, is the concern level, I guess I'm asking, 
going up among voters in Georgia that, that maybe not seeing empirical data, but can, can you anecdotally, do you see that? Or is there any kind of evidence that people are going, what has happened to our nation? If you look at the divide, it is not a divide, it is a gap, a big gap. And when you want to kill babies, you believe that there's male, there's no difference between male and females. All of the things that we are addressing have caused people, even that have been to the left, they believe in family. You find families that they, they believe in the, a mother and a father and they believe in children. Those people that are in that middle are kind of saying, what do I do? Now, I will say this, the other side, many times there's retribution if you dare step out of line. And I think there are people who will vote with their votes. They may not say it with their mouths. And I've had people who say, I've always been of this persuasion or that persuasion at the voting booth that he says, I'm gonna vote my heart. And I think people see that there's some real stirring that's going on today uh, that we've not seen in, in, in a long time. And people know what's right. And I believe that is even written on their hearts. But I think we need to speak about that and talk about that in the sense of what's going on in our culture. The overwhelmingly percentage of people are concerned about families. 87% say they believe in family. Now, when you break that down, though, a uh, certain percentage of that uh, would we identify family in ways anti-biblical. Anti uh, two women allegedly married, and put in quotes, or two men supposedly married, which is in violation of scripture. But if you subtract that out, there's still a 72% believe in the nuclear family of mother, father, and, and, and children. Um, do you think that's going to have any bearing on the election, particularly in the light of school boards, um, e even the DOJ labeling parents as terrorists for coming to school board meetings, um, CRT being forced, uh, perverse. I only saw recently the actual depictions of the books that are represented in, in, in school libraries. I had heard of how bad the books were. I believed how bad they were, but I never saw the cartoon of sex acts portrayed for kindergartners until just recently, and I was stunned. I could not believe how far gone it was. Is that resonating with typical voters across Georgia that you can sense at all? I think we are, and here's what happened. COVID may have been a friend to us in that many of the families for the first time as they were distant learning and seeing what their children were being taught we are seeing challenges at the school board level that we've never seen before because parents are concerned about what their children were learning and got to see firsthand what they were learning. Uh, we passed a CRT bill through, through the legislature this last time addressing that. We did a campus free speech because there were free speech zones. We believe you ought to be able to speak your mind and speak the truth uh, from that standpoint. But what we see happening is this, that parents who once didn't know what their children were being taught during the COVID periods were able to see actual text, see what was being taught. And I think that is what has awakened across the country, not only in Georgia, but in other states, you are seeing a major turnover and challenging for the school board. And I think that's important because until parents get involved in the process, which is what God intended, that's the biggest missing piece we are missing 
Uh, I think sometimes people think I take my kids to school to get educated. I take them to church to, to do whatever. But ultimately, that's a responsibility of the parents that's got to be taught and it's got to begin at the home. When uh, there was such a big deal for Major League Baseball against the state of Georgia and Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola, et cetera, made all kinds of condemning statements, major corporations, and they didn't do their homework to realize that Georgia had better voting opportunity laws than President Biden's Biden's hometown, home state yep. of, of Delaware. Uh, yep. Did any of those companies, I'm just curious, ever come back and apologize for what they did to Georgia? No apology was given. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. The Heritage Foundation, I believe it was, said that Georgia had one, was rated one of the top states in the country. Uh, but we did do this. As retribution, our Atlanta Braves won the World Series, even though they took the playoffs off. So, you know, we said there's one way to get even, and that's to win. And so the Braves did that for us. <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, going to a heavier question, back to the abortion question. Stacey Abram is African-American. Does she ever, have you ever heard her acknowledge the fact that the founder of Planned Parenthood, the inventor of abortion, effectively, the founder, Margaret Sanger, was a blatant eugenist and openly wanted to destroy Blacks and Black lives, and that the Planned Parenthood has intentionally uh, put their killing centers in the epicenters of Black and, and brown communities, consequently, a high proportion of those being killed are from our minority communities. Walter and, and uh, Walter Hoy from California, an African-American himself, and his wife, Walter and Lori Hoy, make the case that this is a genocide, unprecedented genocide. They're Blacks, and they're making the case we're losing a disproportionate high percentage of Blacks in the population. Does Stacey Abram ever acknowledge that in any way or if she was presented with that fact, what does she say or what would she say? I think this is that it is one of those things, if you look at the numbers statistically, 63% of all abortions are performed on the minor on minorities. And you're right, they place those centers in places like that, that are going directly against the minority race is destroying it. And, and she has not addressed that except to say, and what I read you uh, um, was a direct quote. I thought this is there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It's manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. And there's no empathy, no possibility of realizing that that child inside the womb is, is a life. And I think this is that where um, the scriptures tell us, it says that I, before you were born, but in the womb, I knew who you were. I think that's the part that we've got to realize is that life is at conception. And that part is totally rebuked by her and by uh, Senator Warnock, who's a, a pastor. Uh, they deny the authority of scripture. And I mean, that's the real issue that we're dealing with is that we have rejected truth. And when we re reject truth, we live in darkness. You're up for election yourself. You were originally elected to the state Senate. When? What year? Uh, that's eight years ago. This is finishing my eighth year. And uh, hopefully, if reelected, we will serve two more years. 
Way to go. Way to go. Just curious, how many, what's the population of Georgia and how many would be eligible to vote if they were registered to vote and how many will vote? So what's the population? Do you know about how many would be eligible to vote if they all registered and did vote? And then how many actually will vote statewide? Population of Georgia is about 10.5 million, 10.2 million. So you've got that of the registered voters are those that will, are eligible to vote. There's about 6 million. Uh, two point, I think the most we have 2.2, 2.3 million in voting. And this is a non-presidential election. So it will be a lesser usually when a non-presidential election. And I, and I think the numbers that I've heard is you'll see 1.6 million uh, that will vote. And I mean, this is the thing about it is that if we, the church would, would vote, if we just get out and vote, but our pastors many times are silent in the pulpit about the issues. And this issue is not about one party or the other, in my opinion. It is about biblical principles of life uh, uh, and limited government of, uh, of coming into our life and intruding into our life. That's really what we're dealing with right now. The government is, uh, and bear with me, my saying is this, the government it, it can't solve the problem when it is the problem. And I believe we've got, to, it's like kudzu. You got to cut it or you got to kill it, is that there's no place that we need government coming in and telling us what to do. We saw this with the vaccines for COVID. Uh, and there was a lawsuit uh, in Illinois where our hospital workers were fired for not taking the vaccine. We have military. That's an overreach of the government, totally overreach the government. And we, the people have to stand and, and take a stand for that. And, that, and, and well, even our churches, many states shut down churches. I think that's the other part that we've got to realize the government should not have the authority to shut down the church. Well, there's a prayer request right there. Did you catch his numbers? He said 10.5 million in the state, 6 million eligible to vote or registered. I'm not, maybe you said registered to vote. And yeah, eligible. Two, yeah. Eligible. Okay. 2.3 million are registered. Is that what you said? That's what, what we saw in the last election. And, and, and about 1.6 million are expected. Are, that will actually vote in this off your election. That was pretty sobering statistics. Senator Harbin, I so admire you and respect you from the time I first met you and we talked several years ago and we had the privilege of praying together uh, at your state capitol, which meant a, meant a lot to me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.